fans, I think, can sense it right now. To go inbound to Weatherspoon with one. Weatherspoon puts up the three. It's no good! The Liberty Flames are still dancing. And the flame to the biggest victory in school history. Georgia to inbound, gets to the AC. Deep three, pull up. Larry Blair reverse layup, up and in, and he's fouled. Man, you talk about the degree of difficulty. With two, Georgie at the buzzer. Got it! He got it! Darius McGee, a game for the agent. And Liberty wins four games in the Big South Tournament to take home the 2013 crown. Look at Bio Baxter Barrow. 25 for Colin Porter. Holmes lead. Splash. Well, hey, what's going on? Welcome back to the A Sea of Red live basketball show. Good to be back after the holidays. Hope you had a wonderful uh, Christmas, Happy New Year, all that kind of fun stuff. I'm joined by my guy, the Reverend, the Dr. Will Matthews. Will, did you have a good holiday season? Yeah, man. It's been uh, lots of ups and downs for Liberty Flames fans of all sports here in the last week or so. But I think going into conference play with basketball, just jump right into it. Um, I think the roller coaster is getting ready to come back up. I think we're about to see some fun basketball. Yeah, and I'm sure there's a lot <laughs> of folks out there that um, you know may not have been able to be as in- invested in basketball with with everything else going on. Uh, fortunately for you, you got a, a nerd that that is very invested. So I'll try to <laughs> uh, pass along every uh, piece of information you got. And we got a huge show tonight. We have got Coach McKay. We've got Gabriel McKay. I think we might be able to bring them on a little bit back to back. Maybe have them on for a second together. We'll see. We'll see what happens tonight. And then uh, our guy Tim Scarborough to wrap it up to preview CUSA Conference USA season starts on Saturday. We're excited about that. Will, since we've got so much going on, what do you think we need to get through tonight? Well, for me tonight, it's a uh, a Bojangles kind of night. It's Bo time. Um, but I will tell you, Bojangles has the worst coffee I think I've ever tasted in my life. They they okay. do chicken and um, fries and everything else really well, but the coffee's not good. So if I had coffee tonight, it probably would be ironclad because it is one of the best. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, shout out to Ironclad Coffee, proud sponsor of the C Red Podcast <laughs> and then also Liberty Athletics. Uh, give those guys a... Uh, um, a view on their website, ironcladcoffee.com. You can order stuff online like our uh, our esteemed colleague, Will Matthews, has. Um, support those guys. Really appreciate them. Thanks to Ironclad Coffee. All right, well, let's run through the three games that we missed uh, since we've podcatted last. Uh, we'll just run through these real quick, and then we're going to bring on uh, Coach McKay here in a minute. Uh, the first one went really well, Will. Uh, Utah Valley on the road. Uh, Liberty 79, uh, 63 winners in that game. Um, 
was really a uh, a dominant um, offensive performance in that first half. 46 points, 1.44 points per possession. Zach Cleveland was insane in this game. 19 points, 8 assists, 7 rebounds, 3 block, 9 of 12 shooting. He was just all over the floor in this game. Uh, this was a really, I think, sneaky good win. I don't think a lot of people know how difficult it was to uh, a go on the road in, in the high altitude uh, and get a win against a team that was, a, um, I think, a Final Four or an Elite Eight NIT team last year. Mm-hmm. Good win. I think it's a solid win. I think Utah Valley probably under the radar as far as, you know, mid-major basketball, but I think pretty comparable to the type of uh, talent we might be seeing here in conference play. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this was a really good win. Um, just, you know, kind of it was it was kind of close the first few minutes of the game, and then Liberty just completely took control and dominated. Uh, this was just a, a absolutely great performance. Uh, Zach Cleveland really shows uh, a lot of his upside. And uh, I, I think um, uh, definitely a question I want to ask Coach McKay is, you know, uh, is Zach Cleveland maybe the key to success for how far this team can go this year? Because that's kind of yeah. what I'm maybe thinking at this point. Uh, the next one, <laughs> it was Not a tough so one. Good. <laughs> uh, 101-56 loss to Alabama. Uh, I never want to see the Crimson Tide on the schedule again. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why we did this for Steven Gonzalez. Uh, just don't schedule this game anymore. This was a uh, look and it, the, the thing that's hard about a lot of these games. Well, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm uh, a little too much Kool-Aid here. I, I really don't feel like there's much of a difference. If you lose a game by like 20 or 50, like you got beat bad, but, yeah. but when you get beat this bad, it just absolutely kills your metrics, uh, which is of course the the brutal part for me. I don't know. Any takeaways in this game? Uh, I mean, I don't want to say that they didn't look prepared um, because I think Coach McKay and the the coaching staff is always going to have his team prepared. It, it, it just looked different to me. Like, I, I don't know. It, 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 they didn't look as crisp or, or something like that. I felt like they had some good opportunities. Like, I felt like they had some good shots and some good shot selections. But you play a team like Alabama and – I don't know whether you're playing Alabama or a voice, you're looking for good shots. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but when we play Alabama, we can't hit anything. When we hit, we play voice, we hit everything. And I, I don't know that, you know, it's a complete correlation to the athleticism, but because an open shot is an open shot, but for some reason we play a team like Alabama or grand Canyon and we just can't uh, hit the three ball. Yeah, I feel like this loss right here, if you win that game against Grand Canyon, I feel like whatever, right? I feel like that's the one that, that I think kind of stings. Um, but whatever, we have to move past that at, at this point. Um, I mean, Alabama, they're the number one offensive team in the country, and they, they definitely showed why uh, in this game. Also playing an Alabama team that's just crazy motivated because they had all these tough losses against really, really good competition. Um, mm. They also... Uh, blew out EKU as well. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just don't want to see these guys ever on the schedule again. Please and thank you. That's pretty much all I got. <laughs> all right, then last, our 11 a.m. New Year's Day special. Uh, Liberty wins 88-46 over Boyce. I tell you what, Will, when Brody Peebles sees one of these non-D1 teams, I just think he's, uh, he's salivating at the mouth. He has 68 points and 14 three-pointers against non-D1 teams this year. Uh, he has just been absolutely dominant. Uh, Gabriel McKay had seven points in this game. We'll talk to him in a minute. 
Uh, ben Sutherland, I didn't score a lot, but I feel like he's starting to kind of give a few nice, nice minutes. That's maybe my my kind of takeaway from this game as, as I was watching. I was like, yeah, hey, Sutherland looks like he belongs. Look, he kind of gives some depth. That was what I uh, saw from this game. Yeah, he looked like he belonged out there against boys. You know, Let, let's see if he cracks the rotation going forward in conference play against maybe some uh, top tier or, or better athletes anyway. Um, but he's a he's a guy that gives you size, right? I feel like that's one kind of one of the knocks against this team is um, when we go play some of these teams, uh, we are just smaller. And so Sutherland is a guy that gives you some size. Yeah. All right. Well, conference play starts on Saturday. We'll break that all down here a little bit, starting with Western Kentucky. Uh, but we're going to have a quick word from uh, one of our sponsors, uh, Experience Leesburg. And then we'll be right back with Coach McKay. It's real Florida. It's old Florida. And it's close to all of the Central Florida attractions. Crystal clear natural springs in one of the largest chain of lakes. The beautiful lakefront city of Leesburg offers the best in outdoor adventures, fishing, and quaint shops and restaurants on historic downtown Main Street. Come visit and see how welcoming a hometown city feels. Experience Leesburg the way Florida is meant to be. All right, joined now by our guy, Coach McKay. Coach, how we doing? Well, Nick, how are you guys? Doing Great. well. You have a you have a good Christmas, good New we, Year. We did got uh, a chance to uh, be with the fam. Uh, our daughter came home from Nashville, so that was great, and uh, uh, everything was going tremendously well until we uh, tipped it up uh, in Birmingham. <laughs> Not so much. Never again, Alabama on the schedule. Is Nate Oates just got? Did you block his number? <laughs> yeah, you know what, what's funny about that, and and I heard you guys talking about it, and uh, man, you uh, you didn't blast us, and you you really could have because uh, we we did we did not play well. Alabama had a lot to do with it, but there's sometimes when we we just overrate the significance or the result of one game. I, I and some nights really good shooters don't shoot it great. Alabama was eight for 40 against Arizona. They were four for 22 against Clemson and they didn't win those games. Uh, now the difference is they've got so much length, so much athleticism that they didn't get beat 45 points, but uh, you guys, it, it was a, it was a, it was a tough game. Uh, our guys uh, are way better than that. We're, we, we've been competitive with, uh, all but three games, I think, in our last however many six seasons, Indiana and Alabama twice. So I, I don't want to overreact to one loss. It's it's not a good matchup for us, and uh, and the sky isn't falling because we lost to a really good Alabama team, who Nick, as you mentioned, was number one in the country going in, and still are. So uh, don't think we'll we'll play them again <laughs> unless it's in the NCAA tournament, and uh, we'll try and figure out some other way to compensate for uh for uh those those deficits we've experienced the last two years all right i'm gonna ask you one more question on alabama and then we'll move past that because there was a lot of really good things that happened i think overall it was a really good non-conference which i want to get to one kind of maybe concern that i see i like a lot of other people see it feels like your your team is able to really lock in and defend against almost every team 
when they're really locked in. But it seems like maybe there's some troubles against the elite offensive teams. Is there like anything that you can do to get better at that? Do you have any any take on that, or or how do you move past that against? Hopefully, next time we see a team that's that elite offensively is in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I think Nick, it's a fair question. Like, I'll, let's let's look at uh, let's look at football. Like, we were great. We were thirteen and zero. Jamie Chadwell, his staff, phenomenal year. And Oregon's got elite speed, elite athleticism. It's a hard matchup. It's a hard game. So sometimes we get so trapped by the numbers or the outcomes. Like you just never know the variables that take place in a game. It, Joseph Van Sant had two fouls early, and I rarely play guys with two fouls. Uh, and as soon as he went out, uh, we started to, to fall behind. I put him back in. We stemmed the tide for a little bit. And uh, I was trying to save him for the second half with two fouls and protect him. And before I could get him back down or, or in, we're down 20. So uh, uh, if he stays in the game, maybe it's different. And uh, I look, uh, the teams that we're playing against, some of the teams we've lost to, they have elite athleticism. They've got, they've got really good size, players, length, and all that. And they've paid big salaries to get them, not making an excuse like that. But I, I just think we are who we are. And – uh, man, I love our team. I, I love the way they represent us. And these dudes, man, they they battle. You guys, they battle their 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 hearts out. Like they they really are giving their best. And not every night will it show up on the scoreboard. But uh, I'm like you. I want I want the Grand Canyon game back. But you know what? That we don't have. We're not afforded that opportunity. The the thing that we can do best is to learn from it, grow from it, and see if we can't uh, practice a better response when the game gets uh, like it was going. Talk about the, the non-conference overall, because first off was this, this was by far your most challenging non-conference, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. The numbers would dictate that and uh, having as many games away from home, all of that. And uh, again, I, it was intentional to play a competitive schedule. <laughs> it, it uh, you just never know from year to year how good a team will be. I thought Alabama would be good. Would I, did I think they'd have the number one offense in the country? No. I knew the Charleston FAU series would be a great series, especially for our fans to get those two teams at home uh, in year three. But, man, is it really hard to play an FAU team who at the time I think we were 6-0 and and they had, they had just lost one game and it was a packed house, tough environment. We lose and then turn around and have to play a Charleston team who was waiting on us and had five days to prep for us. So that was a tough one. And then the Grand Canyon, when we lost a, what, 16 or 15 point lead and uh, had another double digit lead in the second half. And you guys have seen us enough. We don't usually give up those. So, uh, but I do think there's some really good wins in there that, you know, I think uh, will have really prepared us for what's going to be a very competitive conference USA season. Yeah. I mean, Furman, Wichita State, Vermont. Yeah. Uh, Utah Valley, we talked about that. I thought that was a really uh, impressive win on the road. And then I think what I think that the most underrated win in, in in my nerd brain is that is Tennessee State by 22 points because I think that's a pretty quality team that you guys really handled in that game and you know helped out a little bit later on. All right, well, take take well, it over. Even as far as like the non D one games, I thought Boyce was pretty pretty good. I mean, I, I thought they looked pretty decent. Um, Coach, I, I heard you say somewhere, I don't know if it was like 
radio or, or press conference or halftime or something like that, the game honors your investment. Do you see that happening with anyone in particular on the team right now? Where do you see that at? Uh, yeah, good question. Well, I think of it more holistically. I think our guys' investment in the process into a right-placed identity, uh, I, I think so often, and we're in the entertainment business, if you will, but so often you get you get your identity attached to your performance, especially this demographic. I mean, even us as, well, I'm well older, but even you guys who are older than our guys, um, well, you still look like you got some eligibility left. Uh, but but I think sometimes we can we can think that what we do or how we do it becomes who we are. And that's that's not the case. So just like I think it it's true in our own whole person development. Like I think when when we have an authentic pursuit of our true identity, that's when I think God honors that investment. And then when we're when we're just given our very best and we prepared, uh, we have a sense of urgency to be the best version of ourselves that we can, I think that it always ends up working out. Now, look, we may not win Conference USA as a as the champion or the conference tournament or even get to the NCAA tournament or postseason, but it won't mean it's a failure. I, I just we try and in our program try and stay away from uh, being stamped by uh, what the outcome is. I get it, <laughs> I really do. It's uh, it's really important that we're competitive and we are, but I just think for our guys, I want them to keep investing in the process of getting better because that always wins a day in life, in relationships and in your game or your career. All right. Conference USA starts on Saturday. Tell us a little bit about Western Kentucky. They're coming in seven straight wins. Uh, Steve uh, Lutz, I think that's how you say his name. Looks like he's doing a heck of a job there in his first year uh, at Bowling Green. Nick, you are elite with the numbers, so I know you've looked at it and see that our first three games are against the highest-rated whatever Ken Palm or Net teams, and two of them are on the road. So we we didn't get any uh, we didn't get a great draw there uh, in terms of difficulty. But again, I think that's one of the the benefits of having played a tough non-conference schedule. Uh, coach Lutz has done a great job everywhere he's been. He's been a head coach at Texas A&M Corpus Christi. He, uh, he's done the Juco rank. He was an assistant for Matt Painter. Man, they have a, they're a, they're a version of Alabama and their tempo. So I, I know, like I see you guys, you're, you're starting to sweat a little bit. Um, but but I, I think they really try and hang their hat on the defensive end. So it'll be a stiff challenge. Uh, Diddle's a tough place to play. Western, uh, a couple of my friends who are in Conference USA, they said that has traditionally been the hardest place to win a game. Now, I know how tough it is to win in Las Cruces or El Paso as well. So uh, it'll, it'll be we have our work cut out for us. But you guys know, like our guys, our guys have traditionally uh, been pretty good on the road. We, we defense usually travels and uh, hopefully we can defend in such a way that gives us a chance to come out of there uh, victorious. Yeah, I was surprised to see this was the first time Western and Liberty have ever played against each other. Um, so I think it'll, I think the conference season will be fun. Um, I'm going to steal Nick's thunder here, but Zach Cleveland has been a lot of fun to watch. Um, these last few games is, uh, how will he be kind of a, a key to success for you guys going into conference play? Yeah, well, good question. Like Zach is, uh, he's, he's unique. He, you know, he does, 
he does some different things that most forwards don't don't do. I, like if you said, is there a guy on your team that doesn't have a position? It would be Zach. And uh, and who we have around him, I think uh, he has the ability to to kind of identify what our team needs and give it to us. We have other playmakers, Colin Porter, who's excellent, Caden uh, Matheny, Kyle Rode. So we have some guys, uh, but I think Zach is boy. He's starting to he's starting to realize his value and taking a little bit more of a uh, an aggressive approach to that end of the floor. Uh, but but he and Joseph, those dudes are. They're the guys that kind of set the temperature for us. They they play with such a passion and, and such an intensity that I think we draw some energy from it. So I like what he's doing. I think he does play a critical role. But there's some other guys that are as critical. Look, when you lose a Darius McGee, who you could kind of sit back and watch create a basket or uh, create an opportunity for a teammate, uh, you got to adjust. And we're still learning what's the best version ourselves on both ends. But, man, our guys are pursuing it hard, and I think we're getting better. All right, one last question for you, Coach. And I wanted to bring in a special guest to ask this question. We got Gabriel McKay on here. Gabriel's been a lot of fun to watch. Leading the team in three-point percentage, at least against Division One opponents, because that's what Kempom tracks at 41%. How, how awesome has it been as a, as a dad to see Gabriel, who's really become, I think, like a fan favorite this year, just bringing in a lot of energy. And, and shooting the ball really, really well this year. Nick, can I stay on for this segment? Absolutely. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, all the, the deposits that we give him for uh, for some of the chores he does around the house, look at the background on his wall. Like, we give him money for pictures and, uh, and things like that. And that's – I don't know, Nick. No, uh, it, it's been uh, – I, I said this to uh, one of the commentators uh, – in the prep for, I can't remember which game it was. Uh, these have been my most enjoyable years as a coach these last five years because uh, I've, had, I've had a chance to have my sons, one or both of them, in the locker room the whole time. And uh, it's uh, th- this profession that, uh, that God's put me in is it's such a blessing. It's such a get to and not a have to. But it's even, it's even better and more fulfilling uh, when you get to do life every day with, you know, with your kids, your adult children. So, I'm proud of him for the the way he's grown, not just as a player, but as a young man. And he's got a leadership gift on his life and he's playing really well. Um, fortunately, uh, I think he's got the uh, uh, the ability to to be a coach's son in the locker room. And not letting, uh, that's probably his fault, too. <laughs> not let Cleveland. Is that your phone? Yeah, Zach Cleveland. Oh. <laughs> Years of burden. I let his integrity wane in uh, in in having that role. So yeah, really proud of him. Love him to death, and uh, love getting a chance to do life in the locker room with him as as we have in our home. What did you guys uh, uh, trade for Christmas? What were the what were the gifts in the McKay home from Gabe to uh, to Coach and from Coach to Gabe? I'm going to let you go ahead and take this one. Yeah, let's see what let's see what Will and Nick said. Like this could be another version of the players' lounge. Talk to us. Unfortunately, the players' lounge was not paying enough money for uh, a really expensive gift. But I got him a nice framed picture of uh, me and him, and I think it's something you know that's not as uh, not as important money wise or. As uh, as expensive as some gifts, but it's something that he's going to remember and cherish forever. 
yeah. personal touch. Well said. Well said. And what did you get? I some shoes, you know, that probably will only last me a couple months. <laughs> oh my goodness. Nick, I better sign off because uh <laughs> you can see the steam coming out of my ears. Well, co coach, appreciate you uh coming on. Uh uh, best of luck this conference season. I, I can't wait for uh, uh, WKU on Saturday night, and uh, we'll hopefully catch up again soon. Yeah, appreciate all you guys do and uh, the way you uh, brand our program, the Flames Nation. And uh, again, uh, stay with our guys. We, we had we had a really good non-conference, and uh, we're, we're trying hard to continue to elevate our program and seeing if we can't continue to uh, to compete for a championship. Have a all great right. night. Thanks, Coach. All right. Well, that was Coach McKay. Now we got Gabriel McKay. Gabriel, we've been uh, we've been wanting to get you on for a while. Will's been like, "When are you going to get him on? When are you going to ask? When are you going to ask?" And I was like, "We got to do. It. We got to do it." So, uh, uh, first of the year, here we are. Uh, what's uh, what's this season been like for you? Uh, we we talked with uh, with Coach, your, your pops, uh, about how difficult this non conference was. How's the season been overall? Yeah. Thanks for having me. First of all. Um, this season has been probably uh, a testament. I think our group and our guys, we have uh, big goals that we want to accomplish. And uh, I think every game we've had has been a step, whether it's been a win or a loss. And I think, uh, you know, seeing a good team like Alabama and who's gonna, probably going to be a tournament team, uh, seeing them and how they do things, it's just one of those things that we learn from, what we need to get better with. And then even games like Boyce and – and um, just other non-ones, just seeing how well we can move the ball and how able we're able to knock down shots when they're great shots. So certain every single game has a purpose, and uh, we come into that with that mentality of how can we learn and get better to prepare us for where we want to be down the road. Is there going to be a celebration when you break the Liberty record for four point plays? <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like every game you get one or two. I don't I don't know how that works out. You know, I, I don't know if it's my my selling, but I've always been taught if they don't give you space, you fall. Number one, but I don't think uh, I don't think I'm going to surpass Darius in that in that category. I remember him having a couple of them. So, thank you, Darius, for for teaching me how to do that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Conference USA play starts. I'm curious, like you, and maybe you know, just give us the the vibe of the team. Are you guys excited to get to go to like all these new arenas? Like I'm looking at like pictures of Western Kentucky. I know I've seen them on TV before, but Liberty's never played them before. And they look like they have a really cool environment. Looks like they have good fan support. What's kind of that, that feeling like for you and the team? Yeah, we're excited. It's always cool to, to go to a new place and uh, see what different arenas and atmospheres are like. But we've heard some stories already from, from coach about uh, Western Kentucky being rowdy. So Having those guys, and I think it's cool. Like, you see Kyle Rode, who's been at every single A-Sun opponent, and he's got everyone, and he's learning the scout. Like, he he knew Lipscomb like the back of his hand, so now he's learning Western Kentucky, and he already knows them like the back of his hand. But when you see that, it's just like – it's a cool experience for us to just go to different places at, in different states and, and see what it's like. So uh, we're excited, and we're excited for conference to, to really uh, show what Liberty is about. Yeah, how how much is the game like? How much do you expect the game to speed up? I mean, I know you came in from Trevecca, and was that like the Great Midwest Conference or yeah, something like that? I think yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 
and you know, and then you jump into um, you know, you're playing Alabama and Grand Canyon and uh, Vermont and Wichita State. Like, how, how much is the game kind of sped up in a sense from you know one league to the next? Yeah, I think uh, there's some great players over in the GMAC. Actually, there's a a couple of great teams, but um, I think when I first got here, actually. I, I almost needed the red shirt year. I took a red shirt year yeah. and I had to get adjusted, I would say, just because I don't think you recognize how physical or how fast it may be. And um, I think just each year you kind of see it more and more like now with just being out there on the court, you start to feel yourself like, wow, like, all right, this is going, going. You can't let the last play affect the next, but it really does speed up. And uh, I think it, it sped up the most over in Utah Valley. That uh, that altitude actually was yeah was pretty brutal, and I don't think you realize it, but Caleb Holmesley uh he had a workout for the Jazz, and he played up there, and he he let our team know. He told me he said, "Hey, it's no joke, so be ready for that." And I think it was actually a good help. And we got out there a little early and got our lungs used to it to the altitude. So, but that one I was feeling the pace for sure. <laughs> All right, Gabriel, I'm gonna ask you the cliche question because I think it's what people want to know. So what's it like playing for playing for your father? I feel like you 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 could it's gotta be fun, but at the same time you could easily have people say, ah, coach takes it easy on your your son. And then you could also have like the coach who, well, I can't take it easy on my son. I gotta be harder on him to kind of make up for it. What's that like and what's that dynamic? It it definitely took some getting used to for sure. Um, but I always say I, I get to do what I love with the people I love the most. And um, I think to start, I don't know if I would have been able to do it without Luke, just because I saw him do it and have his role and how he served. I think him seeing it and him also being there on the staff to help me get used to it. Like, I mean, there's definitely times I'm not the happiest with, with Coach McKay. And I think, uh, you know, I just, I think knowing that he wants what's best for not only me, but everyone on the team, like, I think you just have to uh, – there's a bit of maturity to it. But it's honestly one of the greatest experiences. And I think it's even better when my mom's yelling at him to put me in because that's his wife. So it's like, yeah, that's a that's a good little good little benefit for me. But I think it's it's honestly one of the greatest things I've ever gotten to do. And um, even all – there's a couple challenges, of course, me getting mad and whatever it may be in. But I wouldn't trade it for the world. And just being a – being able to do literally my favorite thing with my favorite people. It's been indescribable. It's incredible. Yeah. I was going to ask like, what's, what is your mom's response? Like, is she like, <clears throat> you know, own your dad about um, like, I mean, Gabe should be in it right now, you know, or like you need to take Abe out right now or like how, <laughs> how does that dynamic work? Um, my mom is probably my biggest supporter, of course. And I think it helps me a lot. Um, Mom, I love you. She's not the greatest basketball mind sometimes. Um, I think she sees the ball go in sometimes, but I don't know if she's really knowing how effective I'm being on the offensive side. Or, But it, it definitely helps with her being at home. She's like, man, why didn't, you, why didn't you play G more? It's like, hey, go ahead, Mom. You ask him. I won't ask him. You, him. you got it, but. She's a big fan, um, but I'm gonna. I know he's probably making the right decision when when he puts me in and when he doesn't. So it's been good. Mom's a, a big help in my in my category. She's in my corner. 
<laughs> well, fantastic. Well, we're big fans here too as well. And I, I think uh, that 41% three-point percentage, you've earned that. So so keep it up, my man. Uh, we appreciate your time and uh, best of luck in conference play this year. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks. Thanks. All right, we're going to have a quick word from Jason Porter Real Estate, and then we'll be right back with uh, Tim Scarborough. Well, hey, everybody. My name is Jason Porter. I'm with Legacy Real Team Development, and it's been a, a great partnership here with Sea of Red lately. Uh, I was with Liberty Athletics as the Associate Athletic Director for Sports Medicine, so took care of all of the uh, healthcare needs and coordinated that with a fantastic staff at Liberty um, in the athletic department, of course, for about uh, five or six years and then uh, moved into real estate full-time and uh, with legacy realty and development and uh, it's just been a great pleasure to continue to stay connected with my liberty university uh, family and the athletics family as well been enjoying serving them uh, a lot of the um, graduate assistants and some of the staff that i hired has come back now and has uh, been using me for residential services which i really appreciate but certainly do residential real estate as far as buying and selling of homes of course and then also uh, we have a strong commercial presence as well. So commercial real estate, um, obviously a very, very different animal than is residential, but uh, whether it's buying and selling commercial uh, properties or uh, just the leasing of properties, we can help with that as well. So it's uh, been a great uh, opportunity to service our commercial clients as well. And then certainly on the investment front too, a number of um, folks who have discovered the power of passive income through real estate and investing in real estate with rental properties or fix and flips, those kind of things. And so great joy to um, to serve my clients in that capacity as well. The uh, other thing that I would add too is just a very, very full Rolodex at this point of contractors and subs and just different professional contacts that I've made through the years. So if I can ever provide any of those folks to you and all of a sudden you need a plumber or an electrician or a contractor to build your deck, whatever, I'd certainly be glad to give you access to that Rolodex and those references as well because a lot of times it's not exactly who you know it's uh who you know that knows how to do the job well and so i would be glad to provide those services for you as well so love flames nation love taking care of um, my liberty uh, family and if there's ever anything i can do for you my contact information is all right here on the screen and i would love to be uh, a service to you and yours thanks so much All right, we're back with uh, our guy Tim Scarborough to help us preview Conference USA. Tim, how you doing, man? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. We love having you on. And uh, you know, when when we were getting ready for conference play, there was one guy I knew we had to bring on. It's Tim, because I know you covered Conference USA for a long time. Not as much this year, though, right? What all are you up to this year? Yeah, it's interesting, man. This year has been kind of a pivot a pivot moment for me in terms of my career. I'm focusing more on HBCUs. I work for HBCU Go. They kind of treat me like a celebrity. I'm not just a Liberty celebrity anymore. Now I'm an HBCU Go celebrity. Uh, I did a commercial for them, the season season's greetings. Um, they, they have me doing studio work. The studio's here in Atlanta, so it's like a home game. Uh, but I'm still following Conference USA as closely as I can because, you know, I do the NASCAR podcast, of course, with Paul Nazigan. And, uh, you know, I just I just love Conference USA. As you mentioned, I've been covering it for almost a decade. Um, I've done every Conference USA tournament since 2014 um, when it was in Birmingham and the many years in Frisco, Texas. Love the conference. It's not the same as it was. But for me personally, it's a little bit better because Liberty's in it now. 
But what a what a fun conference it's been. The world finally got to see how competitive the Conference USA has been over the years with FAU going to the Final Four. Um, thank God those guys aren't around. And North Texas and Old Dominion and Marshall and some of those power teams that Conference USA had, but still plenty left in the tank. It's going to be very challenging for the Flames this year. Well, Scar, since you're a Liberty guy, I don't want to take any way, anything away from what Richie Longshots is doing with the football podcast, but I need to know if you watched the Fiesta Bowl or if you were working and you called up later or what were your thoughts on that? Did I watch the Fiesta Bowl? Of course I did. You know, I thought it started at 4 Eastern, though, so I tuned in late. <laughs> and I was getting all these text messages and and seeing tweets. I'm like, oh, my gosh, the game's on now. But I have a DVR. So I started watching from the beginning, and I put my phone away for about 45 minutes. And then I saw that it was getting a little bit out of the hand. Yeah. So I said, let me jump up and see what's going on. And so That's I missed real. I missed the middle bad part. <laughs> so I saw the beginning where it was good and Caden Salter let him right down for a touchdown, uh, missed the extra point. And I was like, man, that stinks because if they don't score the rest of the game, it's going to look like they didn't even get in the end zone like they kicked two field goals. But having said that, um, that result for me personally was kind of what I expected. I'm a fan, but I'm also an analyst. And I, and I, and I do, you guys probably don't know this, but I also do football and baseball too coming up this year for flow sports so nice. um i have a really big football mind this sounds crazy but at one time i was in the top 20 in the world in john madden in the world in the world so um and i did that because i have a good football mind i, I could i could hit the buttons a little bit too but i had to retire from that because it got too intense but um yeah so i'm i uh understanding the way football works that that seemed like a mismatch to me in terms of when I, when I thought about, I thought I was hoping Liberty could score with them a little bit, but I knew there was no way they were going to stop Bo Nix in that offense because nobody has. I mean, you got a 24 year old quarterback should be in the NFL. He's going to be in the NFL next year, all sorts of receivers and Liberty quite honestly had trouble with the Western Kentuckys and the New Mexico States of this world in football, uh, stopping them. Of course they were able to outscore those teams, but, you know, they, I, I knew it would be a long day for that defensive secondary, and it sure was. But I was very proud to see Liberty playing on New Year's Day. I mean, there's no getting around that. But, hey, man, that was, was, was quite a moment. I was just happy to be there. Absolutely. It was, it was quite a moment in Liberty history. And we've been around for some some big moments, and I've been around this program for well over 30-plus years. I think about the first time we, as Liberty basketball, had a first Division One win. I can think about when Eric Green and that football team had their first Division One win at Eastern uh, Michigan. Uh, Robbie Justino threw a touchdown, at, you know, the last play of the game. Um, you go back to the 94 team that won their Big South Championship and got to play against Carolina and was up with 10 minutes to go in the game, you know. So there's a lot of big moments in Liberty history. Rashad Jennings, you know, you can go on and on, football and basketball in particular. Um uh, but this moment right here, to me, I thought my biggest athletic moment was when Liberty beat BYU in football. I was happened to be in Lynchburg for that one. But I think playing in the Fiesta Bowl might be the biggest thing that's ever happened to Liberty Athletics. For sure. Well, well Scar, uh, before we get into talking about, I want to get really your opinion on Western Kentucky, uh, and then we'll talk about the conference USA as a whole. Uh, talk about, as you know, you guys do an awesome job on um, on the NASCAR uh, podcast a absolute must listen. Uh, what's your overall thoughts on this Liberty team? Obviously, we talked with Coach McKay. 
by far, I think the most difficult non-conference schedule they've ever played, at least since they, they've become a, a really established program of recent recent years uh, where they're not by games. Maybe there was a year where they, they did that, but uh, what's kind of just your overall thoughts on kind of where this team's at kind of some ups and downs, but overall 11 and four with that schedule, you have to, as a, as a whole, feel pretty good about it. Uh, I feel good about this group. Um, I, I, again, as an analyst, I temper my expectations of what this team can do. They are not going to do what football did in terms of dominating conference USA football conference USA is a lot different than basketball conference USA. There's a lot of great coaches, and I mean great coaches. Talvin Hester at Louisiana Tech is a great coach. The new coach at New Mexico State, who was at Sam Houston, a really good coach. Coach Lutz at, at Western. I mean, he, he's been around. He knows what to do. That's a Western Kentucky is a really good basketball job. I mean, that, that program has a lot of history. And I do Western Kentucky games for E+. So I'm in EA Diddle Arena a lot. That atmosphere is incredible. I'm telling you, it is big time. You know, I've been around a lot of good mid-major programs. VCU comes to mind in terms of atmosphere. It's not what it used to be, but in the glory days of Shaka Smart, Anthony Grant, some of those guys that had that program, man, it was a great electric atmosphere. EA Diddle's not quite what that is, but it's close. And when that team is going and that team gets going uh, very well in that arena, it's a really tough place to come in there and leave with a win. I mean, Louis, teams like Louisville, can't go in there and win. I mean, it's just really, really hard to do. Yeah. Hey, Scar, a question for you. Um, I was going to ask Coach, but um, I want to ask you as well. Um, you know, as you said, you don't expect, you know, Liberty to run the table through the conference. Um, you know, apart from winning conference championship, what should the New Year's resolution for this team be? Well, where, where should the expectations lay at going through the conference schedule? Here's the thing I know about this Liberty program. And, and you could see the dichotomy sometimes just this past weekend. Think about they play one of the greatest teams in the nation in Alabama. And then you turn around and play Boyce. I think their demeanor stays the same, whether they're playing Boyce or Alabama. They go out and they compete and they compete against, you know, excellence. They compete against themselves. They try to get better. So that's what I like about the temperament of this group. And I like that about Richie's program in general over the years. <coughs> Having said that, <coughs> I would say that the expectations to win Conference USA, to me, is lofty. I, I think it's going to be really difficult for this particular group. And I like this group. But they certainly have some, some areas that can be exploited. You know, the, they're a solid defensive team. And they're very cohesive. And I like the way they play together. The size factor is going to be an issue in Conference USA. Western Kentucky is going to have 6'11 guys that know how to play basketball. They're going to have 6'5", six, 6'6 six, six guards going up against our 5'10", five, 5'8 five, guards. So, and not just Western. Louisiana Tech is going to be athletic. New Mexico State's going to be athletic. Middle Tennessee won't be as big, but they're going, to, they're going to be very athletic. And they're all going to try to get up and down and speed the game up. And the thing about Richie's group that's really good defensively, along with Virginia, North Texas and teams like that that I've covered and seen in person, they their transition defense is exceptional. Now, they don't go to the glass. When the shot goes up, four guys are going back, and they might send that one guy in there to try to battle. But for the most part, they're trying to keep you out of transition. So Liberty can slow the game down a little bit against Western Kentucky. Don't want to let them get that thing rolling because when they do, boy, are they good. But I, I'll say this about this group. 
when they're shooting the ball in, they are tough. And I really like when they play the three small guards together with Porter and Peebles and, and of course, Matheny. And uh, I was just thinking about him Saturday. I called that game Saturday versus Alabama. Alabama did something that not everybody could do. Alabama was running the six foot ten guys out there at the small forward position, and they played kind of a matchup zone where they kept one of those big wings around the top of the key where we see Matheny taking those step back shots, creating space. There was no space to create shooting over those six tens. Having said that, he was still four for ten from downtown. So just a special kid, Caden Matheny. But in the end, this group is going to have to play collectively, cohesively and battle every night and see where they come out. And, and I don't know if it's going to be at the top of Conference USA, but they'll be there. All right. Let's uh, talk a little bit about Western Kentucky. I got some notes here, and then we'll we'll uh, uh, get your your opinion just kind of on maybe the program more in general. So this is the first matchup, of course. This is on national TV, which is pretty cool. Uh, Liberty's first Conference USA game is on CBS Sports Network, 6 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, Western Kentucky, they come in 11-3. and three. They've won seven in a row under first-year head coach Steve Lutz. Um, he took Texas A&M Corpus Christi to the NCAA tournament in both of his only two years there as the head coach. Um, uh, w, uh, Western Kentucky, they've been ranked in the top 175 in Kid Pum in six straight seasons, finished in the top three of CUSA in five of the last six. Uh, but they haven't been to the NCAA tournament since 2013. Really hungry team. Last time was actually under current Jacksonville State head coach Ray Harper, who Liberty will see next. Uh, they lost the CUSA championship in 2018, 2019, and 21. Uh, they get a really good attendance, uh, over 4,000 a game last year. Um, they play- That was a low year for them, by the way. They used to average close that's to a six low or one. seven. Yeah, that's wow. a low year for them. They had a bad year last year, and that's why Coach Rick Stansberry is not there. Primarily the, the attendance and then the expectations of that program. And that, as you mentioned, they haven't been to the NCAA tournament in uh, what, a 12 years, 13 years, and, and that's a high for that program. That's a team that was a perennial um, uh, NCAA tournament team. And moving to Conference USA, they felt like they would have multiple opportunities, and they did. They just couldn't seal the deal. That 2018 2021. I was there for all those games, of course. And, you know, we're talking one possession on most of those games. You know, Old Dominion got them, Marshall got them. It's, you know, it's a fine line between winning and losing in this in this league. And it often comes down to one or two possessions. So, um, yeah, I mean, you remember the Atlantic Sun Tournament Championship, another game I got to call here in Atlanta uh, with with Alan York on radio. Um, it was it was a battle possession by possession, and it was a really tough environment. Every night in Conference USA is going to be like that. I mean, or for the most part. I mean, this, you might go to FIU, and there might not be a lot of people there. Um, but for the most part, there's going to be an intense playoff atmosphere, tournament-type atmosphere, night in and night out. And, you know, the, the, the better team, the team that can withstand some of those momentum-driving yeah, situations are going to be the teams that overcome it. But Western was close, but they just couldn't get there. Yeah. Uh, first uh, Conference USA, USA game is actually just tipped off UTEP in New Mexico State. Yeah. They got a really got good environment. Right yeah, we get we both got it. <laughs> on, on CBS Sports Network. Just really cool. I mean, that's you're playing a conference that has two nationally televised games in the first week. That That's uh, oh, yeah, really it's fun. Cool, it's cool to see. Yeah, I've, I've actually called that game. I, I called the New Mexico State uh, UTEP game. Uh, I think two years ago for stadium. So, uh, and that was in El Paso. Um, 
But yeah, I, I miss I miss being able to go. You mentioned some of those arenas. El Paso was certainly a fun place to go. I always like going to Old Dominion. Of course, they went to the Sun Belt now, um, and I loved going down to Florida. Though FAU wasn't the team that we saw in the Final Four for many years, they toiled at the bottom of Conference USA. Not many people have been able to do what certainly <clears throat> Dusty May has done there. But some really good venues. It's going to be a fun road trip after road trip. I miss going to Honey. Um, to Marshall and Huntington, West Virginia, just so many great places to go, man. But, uh, but yeah, there's still plenty of places left over. Uh, Ruston, Louisiana, fun place to go. So, um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun ride for this Liberty team, but they are going to be challenged for sure. So you think it beats going to um, Bowie's Creek, North Carolina, and Radford, <laughs> Virginia, and uh, Clinton, South Carolina, and all those places? Bowie's Creek, North South Carolina. I, when I played, and we played Campbell when I played many years ago, we got stuck in Bowie's Creek after the game, and we had to spend the night in their dorms slash barracks. They looked more like Army barracks than oh, not yeah. the plush dorms that they have at Liberty, that's for sure. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm I, about th- – I'm about 30 minutes from there. So oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't miss Bowie's Creek. I gotta be honest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So a little bit more about this uh, Western Kentucky team that this year's team, uh, they play crazy fast. I know Tim, you talked about a little bit earlier, uh, but Steve Lutz has really, I think sped them up even more fa- fifth fastest tempo in the country. They're a really, really good defensive team. Top 100. Uh, they, uh, 21st in three-point defense so that's what that's one thing that we'll 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 see how uh those two th- those two sides clash on on saturday yeah. and they also uh ranked 76 enforcing turnovers they've struggled offensively i got a couple of slides coming up talking a little bit about a couple of their players which kind of i think explained that a little bit uh more but they don't they don't shoot very well from three-point on the other end i think some of that might might swing back the other way because they've got some guys that have been good three-point shooters that just haven't really uh, manifested so far this year, but they also don't attempt that much. They're 337th in the country in three-point attempts. Um, not not a good free-throw shooting team either, uh, but they they played a tough schedule as well, kind of like Liberty. They had zero losses to, to bad teams outside of the top 200, so they have not lost to a, um, they have not lost to a, uh, um, a, a bad team all year, and they went on the road of one at Wright State and at Cal Baptist, who really... Uh, quality wins, two top 100 wins. Um, so just kind of anything else about Western Kentucky, Scar, stand out to you, kind of looking at some of these numbers this year? Yeah, no, I think I think a lot has not really changed. Uh, Rick Stansbury had similar metrics when he played there. They weren't a great three-point shooting team when he was the coach there. Weren't a great three-point shooting team, uh, really good at the defensive end, and they got to the rim a lot, and they got to the free throw line a lot. They threw the ball into the paint. Uh, Rick Rick was running three out, two in, which you really see. You rarely see these days, but they were really a, deliberate in getting the ball in the paint. Um, and I suspect they'll play a little faster than they played last year, but they're still trying to drive the ball down your throat, even on the half court. And, uh, you know, they're going to be very physical. Uh, they're going to grab and hold and push and shove on defense. Um, and, you know, referees aren't going to call a lot of that stuff in EA Diddle Arena. So Liberty players are going to have to play tough on Saturday. But, again, you know, it's a tough road. You have to play at Western. Then you get Ray Harper, former Western Kentucky Hilltopper coach, who's now at Jackson State, um, Jacksonville State coming in there. And then uh, you go back on the road to Louisiana Tech. I and mean, that is, wow, that is, uh, that's tough. That's going to be tough. 
So oh. uh, good luck good, getting a good start for the Liberty Flames. Yeah. Yeah, well, I feel like, Card, you kind of feel like by the time the end of January 14th rolls around, we'll kind of have an idea of, of you know, maybe not is Liberty going to win Conference USA, but are, are they the, the clear favorite or are they – really going to have to grind through the season you think maybe after these first three games we'll kind of have a good idea I, I think i have a good idea right now they are not the clear favorites <laughs> they're just not i mean they they, they it's really um you know it's, it's honoring that they got picked to be number one uh in all the years i've covered conference usa the team that got picked number one rarely was was number one in this league it's just very competitive and when you have that number one tag man do you get everybody's best shot early on. So they didn't do Richie McKay any favors by picking them to win this league. And some of those veteran teams like middle and Louisiana tech are still around and competed in that old conference. USA and say, Hey, this is still our conference. These newbies coming in, New Mexico state and Jacksonville state and Liberty, Sam Houston. Listen, you guys are going to have to figure out how to play in conference USA. We already know how to play in conference USA. So, yeah, I mean, um, of course, if Liberty wins those first three games and they control it, I'll, I'll probably have a different take when the when the facts change. But right now, I just don't see that happening. Well, it's it's funny you say it. Liberty was, was co-picked to win the, the league. And uh, Middle Tennessee was the other team dead last in net by the time Conference USA uh, season starts at, at 3-11. Liberty actually just got passed by Louisiana Tech. I, I don't know, Scar – we're getting off track a little bit. We'll get back to Western Kentucky in a minute. I don't know how much you've saw Louisiana Tech, but they, they they've struggled of late. But that team they they played a really tough schedule. Uh, Isaiah Crawford is a really good player, and that Daniel Bacho is just that's the guy that I'm I'm really worried about. How is Liberty going to match up against him? Six eleven, big, um, kind of uh, uh, the 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 guy on um, on Florida Atlantic. Okay, um, yeah, Vlad Golden. Vlad Golden. Yeah, he Golden. When I, yeah. That, when I when I saw Liberty struggle so much with him, and then I watched Bacho, I'm like, ooh, that 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 might be the tough matchup. So, any, any thoughts on, on on Lot Tech? Yeah, as I mentioned, Talvin Hester, one of the better young coaches in in the country, came up through uh, amongst many big name coaches, but um, the coach at at Houston, Kelvin Sampson. Uh, he was big with them. And actually, he came up through Louisiana Tech as an assistant under the prior coach, Eric Conkle. So um, he's very familiar with this group, um, a really good recruiter. He's got a six-year play in Isaiah Crawford. I feel like Crawford's been around Conference USA as long as I have. A really great defender, but in the last two years, he's also a really good scorer. So he 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 he's uh, uh, considered one of the best defenders in mid-major basketball. So um yeah they and now they have a big and you know they had a a big earlier kind of a six eight guy that's playing with the 76ers now um and uh kenneth lofton jr so they're used to having bigs and of course carl malone they play on carl malone court they've always uh, louisiana tech is known for uh, you know they used to call them the dunking roots you know they, they dunk everything but um they're not quite that same high-flying dunking team from those days but they're still a team that likes to get up and down and get in transition and they can really get it going, but they're going to be deliberate too, throwing the ball in the bacho. So yeah, it's going to be a tough matchup. Good luck, Kyle road and company. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll wrap it up here with a little bit more on Western Kentucky. I got uh, three players kind of to watch. Uh, the first is a really cool story. Uh, Don McHenry has been 
their best player by far this year, averaging almost 15 points a game. This was a Juco transfer. Um, he scored 30 points in their win at Wright State. He's averaging almost 18 points for the last six games, shooting the lights out, 88% from the free throw line, 40% from, from three-point, uh, 6-0, 6-0 point guard. Um, so he's kind of been the story, but they, they had two players that were all-conference, um, not named Don McHenry, and, and he's kind of been the story so far this year. The other one's Brandon Newman, uh, transferred from Purdue. Um, Lutz, I think, was part of recruiting him when he was the assistant at Purdue and got him back later on. Um, he's kind of been a little bit of a, a disappointment so far this year, really struggling shooting the ball, only shooting 20% from three-pointer. Um, but this is a guy who's played in four NCAA tournament games, played in all 35 games last year for Purdue. That was the team that was the number one overall seed in the um, NCAA tournament. And then he did score 15 points against Ohio State in the Big Ten semifinals. Um, so he's 6'5 guard to watch. Kind of makes me nervous. A guy that 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 <laughs> that that shot 31% from three last year, only shooting 20% this year feels like water finds his level. I hope it's not on Saturday. And then the <laughs> other guy to watch is um uh, uh Dante Allen. He was the other uh preseason um all-conference player. Um, he's really struggled this year. Um, yeah, he's not even starting for them. Yeah, he, he's only yeah. been uh, um, averaging 15 and a, a half minutes over his last eight games. Did, however, score 17 points of their win against Cal Baptist. Oh, he could be special. And, yeah. 22 and 23. So it, nice to have a guy 6'6 six, six, uh, coming <laughs> off your bench, um, shooting 39% uh, from three. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is a deep, deep West Virginia team. This guy played at, at Kentucky. In Kentucky, yeah. Scored 23 points in the SEC championship game. That was a really bad Kentucky team um, that year. One of the rare bad Kentucky teams. But, uh, um, but yeah, these are the players to watch. This is a really good, uh, really good Western Kentucky team, man. I'm uh, excited for the, the the game to tip on uh, on Saturday. I feel like if man, if Liberty can find a way to get this win on Saturday, I feel like it really sets them up well. I, I don't feel like if they lose though, it's like the sky's falling. They have no chance no. in in Conference USA. But uh, definitely a big test right off the bat. Yeah, you didn't even mention Christian Lander, number four. So he's a really good player, too. He's played in 12 of their 14 games. Um, he comes off the bench now, too, but uh, a really good athletic wing. So, yeah, I mean, could Western Kentucky over the years, and I suspect they will continue, that transfer portal is going to be big for them. They're going to get power five players each year that they that they come in, and they have a very a little bit of an uneven playing field in terms of being able to afford to bring in some of these players. But um, yeah, they they're they're going to be a handful on Saturday, and I can't wait. I wish I could go there. I'm going to be in uh, Mrs. Uh, where am I going? To be? Yeah, Jackson, Mississippi. I'm doing Alcorn State and Jackson State on Saturday for HBCU Go. But otherwise, I would have been up in Bowling Green watching that game in person. But um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun, fun matchup. It'll be a real first test for Conference USA for Liberty basketball. Yeah, what other kind of just just thought on them, but kind of curious your thought on this, Scar, is looking through like their usage. Like they don't have many guys. The, their highest guy, I think, plays like 60% of their minutes, where Liberty has like Colin Porter playing 81%. Matheny's mm-hmm. at 77, Rhodes at 71. And I think Rhodes a little deceiving because he's gotten some some games where he's been gotten rest at the end of the game. Uh, I think he probably in, in a game like this plays more than that. Where you know, Western Kentucky, man, they, they're a lot deeper. They they play a lot more guys. Uh what what kind of test do you think that kind of gives a team uh, 
uh, like Liberty will have on Saturday. Yeah, you know, Saturday that might not rear its head, but over the course of a season, when you start logging those minutes down the stretch when your team goes through that prior to the tournament lag that some teams get, you know, I think back to Middle Tennessee, uh, you know, people talk about that FAU team. Kermit Davis a few years ago and, and, and Joe Pierre, the assistant coach for Liberty, can vouch for it because he was the grad assistant during those years at Middle Tennessee. Those are the best Conference USA teams I've seen in the last 10 years, even better than the FAU team this past year. But one thing I noticed about those Kermit Davis teams at the end of the year, man, they used to run out of gas. Um, they always had that last game, that, you know, they'd be 17 and one in the conference and lose to a Southern Miss or somebody at home or a Marshall. Uh, and not that Marshall was bad. Marshall was really good. But, um, you know, they lose to a team that people felt like they should beat. And, and uh, you know, there was a couple of years where they lost in the first round of the, of the of the conference tournament because they just ran out of gas at the end of the year. Of course, they did win the conference tournament for two years and win NCAA games and beat Michigan State. Uh, but uh, for the most part, man, I, I, I've seen how not playing a lot of guys can really catch up with you at the end of the year. So that depth is going to help Western in March for sure. If All right. Identify, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. If you could identify, you know, one or two guys from Liberty that are going to need to get off to a good start against Western and these first couple of games that maybe um, maybe haven't uh, done as great in out-of-conference play, like, you know, probably going to need some – we know what we're going to get out of road. We know what we're going to get out of Matheny. That is Zach Cleveland. He's coming on strong. Can you identify a couple of guys you think they need to get off to a strong yeah, start? Yeah, I mean, honestly, all those guys need to play above their pay grade. All three of the guys you mentioned, they've played well, but they'll need to step it up a little bit more. And yeah. then you need to get Shiloh Robinson back yeah. to where he used to be. He's a guy that I felt like as a was, – was he in his 12th year at Liberty now? I felt like <laughs> this would be the guy that would, would kind of be a focal point, and he hasn't really been that yet. And, you know, I, I feel like talking to that staff that they, they think Shiloh is on the verge of a breakthrough, too. So Shiloh can really certainly on Saturday with the athletic quotient going up a little bit. I feel like he'll get more minutes and I feel like if he can get his confidence back, Shiloh Robinson could be kind of an X factor for this Liberty group. Yeah, I like that. I, 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 that's a good that's a really good point, Scar. I, I, I definitely feel like it feels like like Shiloh is due to really kind of break out. We've seen him at times, man, mm -hmm. really look really good. It's and, good and it's, just, it's just been that 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 consistency that's lacked. But we, we see guys throughout Liberty that that especially in Richie McKay's system where you have players that um that that grow and be, and become better. That 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 light bulb moment hits and they they really click and it it it, it could be Shiloh. So I like that. Yep. Well, yep. Shiloh for sure. Shiloh just—it seems like to me. I mean, he's been around and he's had success. It seems like he's lost a little bit of his confidence, but you know that can happen with just a couple of big plays and big moments, and all of a sudden, hey, you start feeling really good about yourself, and that starts to snowball and, and becomes uh, a, a kind of a reset for him with this with this conference starting on Saturday. It might be a good opportunity for him to regain his confidence. Yeah, he's yeah. a guy. I think we a lot of us thought, you know, coming into the program, like. Hey, here's a guy that could have, you know, professional, you know, potential, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, you know, he, I know he last year started coming off the bench instead of starting a little bit more. And, um, but I think he's a guy that, 
um, if Liberty is going to have any success of being in that top echelon of the conference, like he's going to gonna need to, him. He's going yeah. to have to be there. They're going to need him. Yep. And I love the spark that Gabe McCabe gives them off the bench. You mentioned the 40% three-point shooting. He kind of reminded me of a sophomore, Tim Scarborough, who did that. I played <laughs> about 15 minutes a game. I shot 44% from three that year and uh, came in and gave you know, five or six, seven points a game and and uh, and de- defend it and just gave the team a lift. I think I feel like Gabe is doing that role. So, um, yeah, he could continue to that to do that and maybe even get a little bit more minutes if Julie McKay has anything to say about it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Scar, this has been a lot of fun. Um, uh, I really appreciate you coming on, getting your your insight. Uh, what, what's the next game you're calling? Yeah, I'm on Saturday uh, down in Mississippi. I'll be flying out tomorrow in Jackson, Jackson State versus Alcorn State. So, is that, a, uh, that on HBCU Go? So HBCU Go is on a, a channel called The Griel. You might not know you have that, but it's on every cable network. And actually, I'm doing two games. Again, they're giving me uh, dynamic roles. I'm in the studio as an analyst. Um, I'm an analyst in the games. But for the women's game, I'll also be the sideline reporter. So um, oh. I'm, I'm doing a dual role. So I'm with a doubleheader on Saturday. The women's game is first. I'll be the sideline reporter. And then I'll flip-flop with um, uh, uh, Courtney Tate, who is our sideline reporter for the men's games. She's going to be in the analyst role for the women's game. So then we'll switch seats and uh, do the men's game. So it should be fun. Right. And I'll be working with uh, the legend Charlie Neal. And most people, who if you ever watch BET uh, sports in the 80s and 90s and, and some Turner sports in the in the early days of Turner broadcasting, Charlie Neal was – a big, big deal back then, kind of like your Chris Berman of of uh, of, of those networks. So um, he's in his 70s now, but he's still got his fastball, and he's a really good – I mean, when, when we walk into these schools, I'm invisible. No one knows who I am, and everybody's like, hey, Charlie, hey, Charlie, hey, Charlie. What about what about Scar? What about Tim? Nobody nobody sees me when I'm with Charlie. So Well, I was going to uh, say, hey, they, they usually only put the good-looking people on the sideline reports. So. <laughs> I'll be doing it from the sideline, but I won't be on camera, right? <laughs> you just hear my voice. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, I, I believe the, the HBCU Go is also on Smart TV. I think I have an app on my uh, – Oh, there's my- an app. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to watch it. For sure. As, yep. as some, someone who might, you know, put a little little coin on some games. Uh, I, I know where just about every game you can you can find this. I, I've, I've saw you on. I've saw you on there, Scar. I, I'm so. surprised you don't call me like the other degenerate gamblers out here. They all they was like Scar. What, what's the deal with uh, you know New Mexico or you know, I'm teams a that I know guy. I cover numbers. Yeah. Oh, I know. I hear you. Like, I hear stick you. Stick with the system. Don't don't yeah. deviate. Uh, that's where you get yourself in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can't pick with your heart. See, I could have won you a lot of money on, on Monday going against the Flames. I know you hate to do that, but, you know, I kind of I kind of could have told you that was going to happen. Nope, so, I never, n- never, never bet any <laughs> team I'm invested in. Never bet right. Never do it. You're well, not Scar- Pete Rose. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I stay out of it. I'm trying to shepherd people's souls over here. <laughs> right. I hear you, Will. Good for you. It. I, yeah, I, I'm not a I'm not a gambler well, I, either. I so. tie all my winnings. I tie <laughs> all my winnings. There, you there you go. There you go. That, that dirty money. That, <laughs> that money's been the devil's long yeah. enough. That's right, what Jerry right, Senior right. used to say. Yeah, right. exactly. That's great. You guys ready for the segue of the decade here to, to wrap yeah, here this we up? Go. Put your bet winnings into Flames Rising. Here's an ad. Thanks, Gar, for coming on. 
Hey Flames Nation, this is Kyle Rode. This is Rachel Root. This is Kato Salter. We would just want to say thank you for supporting athletes like us through the Flames Rising Collective. The Flames Rising Collective is a registered 501c3, providing opportunities for student athletes to use their name, image, and likeness while serving our local community. 100% of everything contributed to the collective will go directly to creating name, image, and likeness opportunities for Liberty student athletes. Help us be champions for Christ and champions on the field. Flames. All right. Well, appreciate Scar. That was uh that was a lot of fun. Could have talked to Scar for the next uh you know like three hours. Uh the guy's just a, a walking basketball encyclopedia, Will. Yep. Yeah, they, they could probably get him on the football podcast too and uh let him go for a little while. <laughs> well, good stuff. Well, uh we'll wrap it up here in just a second. Um Wanted just to kind of get, uh, Will, your your final thoughts kind of, uh, you know, as we do get into two conference play. Um, as mentioned, Louisiana Tech, they passed Liberty in net. I know Scar, Scar thinks, uh, doesn't think Liberty should be the favorite. I got to differ with him there. I, I, I get that, that it's the first year in CUSA, but Liberty at this point has a track record as an elite mid-major program, and I think that transfers. So we'll see. We'll see. I still have Liberty at the top. I think Louisiana. I think Liberty and Louisiana Tech are one A and one B. I think Western Kentucky, if they, they they play well on Saturday, could could get themselves in the conversation as as maybe you know one of the top three. But I I do think Liberty and Louisiana Tech have separated themselves quite a bit. What's kind of your your overall thoughts, Will? Yeah, I'm a little bit more optimistic. I think. I, I mean, I, I still see Liberty as a, a top three or four team. Um, you know, I'm with Scar in in the fact that. Hey, it's not going to be a cakewalk. This is, you know, a little bit different than the A Sun. Um, but I'm still pretty positive that um, you know, the the out of conference schedule that Liberty has played. Yeah. Um, you know, you compare that with Western Kentucky's schedule, and I think it's a little bit stronger than Western Kentucky's schedule. And um, you know, I haven't done a deep dive into every single team's out of conference schedule, but I, I feel like the toughness of our schedule coupled with some of those um you know non d ones um i think i think it it sets us up nicely you know to go into the conference usa yeah that that's a a really good point will and then i i think on the flip side these teams also haven't played liberty yet they haven't played yeah. the pack line defense they haven't played an elite offensive team that that liberty is so they're also going to have to adjust to to playing liberty um, so I, I, I do think you have to go a little bit there. And then, you know, one thing, remember when, when Liberty joined the A-Sun, ran through it. I mean, you know, the only Lipscomb mm-hmm. and then they lost one game at North Florida late in the year. But these were all teams that had never saw Liberty. And Liberty looked, had a lot of dominating wins. And I, I this, this conference is a lot better than that conference. But I do think some of that, these teams haven't saw Liberty I think Richie McKay is the best coach in this league, and I don't think it's very close. And I'm not saying that just because he was on the podcast tonight, but I really do genuinely believe that. So I'm going to always trust. <laughs> yeah. Liberty. I'm always going to trust Richie, especially when Liberty's ranked as the the top in some metrics or right there with Louisiana Tech and well above everyone else in in the net. Yeah, I, th- I think you just go with the track record alone of of Coach McKay and where he's taken this program the last you know, so many years, I mean, you know, really every year that he has been here in both stints, he's had Liberty rolling. And so uh, I think until they prove otherwise, I, I give them the benefit of the doubt here. Yeah. 
All right, uh, before we wrap this up, uh, here's what's coming up in, in CUSA um, this week is, is UTEP and New Mexico State. New Mexico State was out to a, a big lead early. So New Mexico State, really impressive uh, what they've done after a really difficult year um, off the court last year. Mm-hmm. First year head coach there. They've been really competitive and look at they're going to be competitive this this year. Um, FIU, Jack State to, tomorrow at uh, uh, or Saturday, Saturday. And then Louisiana Tech, they will be on the road at Sam Houston. So it'd be interesting to see, does one of Louisiana Tech or Liberty, who I think we probably both believe are the two best teams, do either one of them um, um, slip up? Uh, but before we wrap this up, want to make sure um, that we uh, uh, give a shout-out to Jason Porter Real Estate. Thanks for supporting uh, this podcast. Shout-out to Ironclad Coffee. Shout-out to Experience Leesburg. And then, of course, the Flames Collective, Flames Rising Collective. Um, appreciate that. Well, Will, I can't wait for Saturday. Get some actual Conference USA action going. We'll continue this podcast uh, throughout the rest of the season, so so stick along with us. I know John Manson is going to get involved a little bit more um, now that now that football's over um, and with the podcast. We're really, really excited about that, getting, um, getting John's thoughts more regularly. If you have not yet subscribed to A Sea of Red on YouTube, uh, please do that. Uh, if you get those guys to a thousand subscribers, that'll really help boost their content a little bit more to kind of uh, help help promote a little bit more. So subscribe and then like every everything every time you see a sea of red video on YouTube, once you subscribe, just hit that like button. All that kind of stuff helps grow um, all the great work that John and Chad and everyone else at a sea of red do. So we would really appreciate that. All right, any final thoughts, Will? No, man. Um, you know, just excited that we get, you know, as Liberty fans and Liberty alum and and those connected to the program that we get to shift our focus now on um, basketball and kind of just put football behind us a little bit. I know there's still a lot of activity with like transfer portal and stuff like that. And football's kind of lingering around, but, but man, just support, support this team and support this program and um, you know, support John and Chad and, uh, a sea of red for all the coverage that they give us as um, fans and um, just uh, looking forward to conference season. Yeah. Only one, only one game um, in the next, the uh, first like 14 days, Wednesday night home against Jacksonville States, very in the Lynchburg area. Make sure you get out to that. Make sure that place is packed and loud and uh, Ray Harper could be a little cranky. So let's give him a, a, a miserable night. All right. Uh, yeah. Hey, one last thing too, that, um, you know, Scar touched on a little bit, but um, man, hopefully Liberty Liberty Arena is full for yeah. these conference games. I mean, that that matters that having that atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, I think we'll see it on Saturday. Um, there, there's there. Liberty might catch a break with their students, maybe not all being back yet. Um, yeah. but but you'll you'll see it at Louisiana Tech. You know, when you play them, um, we'll we'll definitely see it. All right, well, Will, this has been a blast. Uh, We'll be back at some point probably next week. Until then, go Flames. (laughs) 